Have you ever felt like you're stuck at the bottom of an insurmountable mountain or you're in a valley with no way out? How do you maintain that initial sense of wonder you first had when you started your veterinary career? In this inspiring and openly honest episode, we continue our chat, our conversation with Dr. Crystal Lowe, one of New Zealand's three companion animal dental specialists, as she shares the trials and tribulations she faced on her path to specialisation and how she used grit to commit and continue. You're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and their fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by VetStaff, New Zealand's number one specialist recruitment agency that helps veterinary professionals find jobs in clinics where they're excited about going to work on Monday mornings. To make sure you're not wasting your recruitment marketing budget, please get in touch with us at vetstaff.co.nz and we'll show you how you can get more bang for your buck. Vetstaff.co.nz Welcome to episode 127. I'm your show host, Julie South. This is the second of two chats with Dr. Crystal Lowe. If you haven't listened to the last one last week, I recommend you do that because Dr. Crystal talks about some of her most interesting dentistry cases and what led her from wanting to be an equine veterinarian to becoming a small animal dentist. Today, we continue the conversation where I ask Dr. Lowe about some of the personal self-discoveries she made along the path to boarded specialist. It's a good question. I did actually get asked this by the CEO of a, of a company recently, and he, he, you know, he's kind of from a large animal background, and he did say to me, you know, what motivates somebody to get into the field that you've gotten into? And I guess my response to that is, I think it's 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 positive, and there's also a, a bit of a you know yeah yeah a bit of a self fulfilling you know type of it's a it's a self fulfilling type of journey, and and part of it is that you know I I am a type A <laughs> get away get away <laughs> you can't tell that at all can you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I've always been extremely difficult and on myself, like very hard on myself. So if anything goes wrong, you know, I would just beat myself up about it for days. Uh, and, you know, but at the same time, as I said before, it was a huge motivator. And it's it's always been my desire to be the best that I can be. And I just needed to find an area where I could actually do that. And dentistry just happened to be it. So I think so. I think part of it, going back to the question, is just for myself. It, this whole journey has been an entire. It's been a huge self discovery as to, you know, what <laughs> what I can cope with, what sort of what, how do I react in challenging and adverse situations, and you know, some of it's good and some of it's bad because that's just people, you know, and I look back and I think, yeah, I could have done some things better and I could have reacted better. But again, you do the best that you can at the time. You know, it's it's difficult specializing. You have to have a certain amount of grit. And that's what one of my references wrote was, you know, 
she felt that I had that grit to go all the way. And it is true. You have to be resilient. You will get knocked down. It's, you know, you do have, you have to be self-motivated and, you know, I was also very fortunate that I had a huge village helping me through. And I often compare it to motherhood in a way where it's like, you just don't know how hard it is until you're actually in it. And if you didn't have your village, it's just, and you don't have support, you can't do it alone. You know, and so I, for myself, it's like, yes, I learned a lot about myself, but I also learned a lot about the people that were around me. So I, and and I'm absolutely appreciative and grateful to everybody that helped me along the way. Like, I don't, I don't see it as a solo effort (laughs) at all. You know, uh, if I didn't have my family and my friends and my colleagues that assisted me along the way, there's no way I would have been able to complete it. There would have been times, I imagine, when... Well, maybe not because you're type A. Where <laughs> did you ever consider quitting? Yes, of course. At the beginning of your journey, you would have had you would have dug deep to 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 the grit that we've just talked about. Would have yep. you know when we need to to go into our our bucket of grit, we have to dig deep. Yes. And sometimes we need to go deeper, 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 deeper to dig harder to come yes, back out again. Absolutely. For yep. for you, did you in your journey, did you discover different or did you find different ways of being more gritty? Did it change over the years? Uh yeah, it absolutely did. I think it's like with anything, you're a bit naive when you start on the journey. And I feel like if I had known how difficult the mountain was to climb, I may have, you know, I may have changed how I approached it or prepared myself a little bit better, I would say. But at the same time, it's almost better not knowing how hard it is too. Because if you, you, if you look at something and you think, gosh, that's going to be really challenging. There are all of these ways you can talk yourself out of it. But if you just say, hey, let's just start the journey and I know I can find in myself to do it, then in some ways it's it's actually easier. And I think for me, it got to a point where it was the one thing that I wanted and I needed, I wanted to complete it. And we invested a lot in it you know, personally, financially, my family changed massive, massive situations, uh, you know, family businesses, all sorts for me to accomplish my dream. And I think it, you know, it's once you're in it, you, you have to finish it. And there were a lot of times where I thought, God, like, is it even worth it? Is it worth the pain? Is it worth this suffering? Is it worth this like mental draining, you know? And, and I mean, you know, I don't know if, if, Every all processes are like that on the road to specialization, but I know speaking to my colleagues, you know, nobody has an easy ride because you're in that upper echelon. You're you're there, you're you're really grinding it out to try and be the best that you can be. It is difficult and it's hard. I got I think I got just got to a point where I had to finish it, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't because you look back and you think, yeah, we've invested all this and you've done all this and we've got there. But, you know, for myself, it was like, I need to finish it because it's it's what I have to do. And, you know, I think towards the end, it got a little bit better. 
but when you're in it, you just have to keep on trudging through. So I, I often like actually when I because I also finished during the pandemic, <laughs> which also threw a spanner into the works. And and I decided to have my uh, uh, youngest son at the same time while I was boarding. So, you know, nothing like <laughs> a little bit of uh, self-torture through all of it. But, you know, I often think of it. Uh, my husband and I used to be, you know, big trampers when we before I had the children and you know I remember because New Zealand has these incredible multi-day hikes and one of them that was the most special that we went on was the Rakiura track uh, down in Stewart Island and you know it was just phenomenal and I just remember like that first day you know you're walking along these beautiful beaches the remote it's just you it's hard and you're, but your feet are, you're fresh, right? Your feet are fresh. You know, you, you're, you're happy to walk 12K in a day. And then when we got to the first hut, there were all these beautiful, like, wood pigeons, like, in the, you know, Tui singing and the sun setting. There's dolphins in the bay. Like, it was just so picturesque. And it was beautiful. And then the second day, it was, like, more uphill. It was through, like, knee-high mud. And it wasn't that enjoyable because it was mostly bush. And, you know, we had to just keep trudging on because where are you going to go? You can't go back. You can't stop. You can't just be like, hey, I want someone to save me. You just have to keep going. You're carrying your, you know, 15, 20 kilo pack with you. You're getting there. And then you just have to push yourself through. And then at the second hut, you know, at night, there were wild kiwi, you know, in the in the forest. And it was just the most incredible experience. And on the third day, it was the home stretch. So I kind of look at the residency like that, where the first part of it, yeah, it was great. It was new. I was learning like heaps and everything was fresh. And then when you're in the middle of it and it, the reality setting in, you just have to keep pushing through. And you know, towards the end, the final end, it's just, you know, you're exhausted and weary, but you can see the finish line. And there's just no way you can give up when you're in that in that mode. And you've got everybody around you that's like saying, you can do it, you can do it. So you have to draw on your external support, as well as like, you're doing it yourself. But I always liken it to that, that sort of thing. I know that's very long and lengthy, but that's, that's how I view it. It's a great analogy and, and a metaphor because often we think, and listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but often we think that our boundaries are right here up. Yes. You know, they're six inches, 15 centimeters away from our face. That's as far as we can go. Yes. And then we get to there and we need to push through because we can't spend the rest of our lives here stuck in yep. mud <laughs> exactly <laughs> and yep. the, or on the middle of a on the on the top of a ridge or we've, you know the bottom of a, yep. a valley that we have to get to the top we can't spend the rest of our lives there no and therefore exactly right. we have to go through and we get through that perceived boundary and we come up against another one yes and we get through that one because we can't spend the rest of our lives there either yes Exactly. And, and those boundaries just keep getting further, you know, we just keep pushing through them and, the, and we find out that we can do a lot more than we think. But when Correct. we are at the bottom of that valley and all we can see is the uphill climb, it's hard. So how yes. did you get, what strategies did you use? What psychological games did you play with yourself? 
<laughs> to to keep taking just one more step, just one more step, just one more step. I think a lot of it is like sheer stubbornness, <laughs> to be honest. But to be fair, like I was very highly organized and I've always been that way inclined. And it was just a matter of setting out all the tasks that I had in front of me and just telling myself, I want to get this done in this period of time. And I want to get that done in this period of time. And I had really awesome study mates in America who helped to keep me honest as well. And they were like absolutely instrumental towards helping me study for the board exams as well. And it it was just a matter of just saying, hey, we have to put it, break it down into like digestible packages. And then you know, you have to remind yourself to have a sense of accomplishment as well. Because the problem is that like, if you're just completing goals, but you're not actually giving yourself a little bit of self-credit, then it just becomes demotivating all the time. So it's just a matter of not looking at the whole massive list of things going, shoot, like I haven't, I haven't actually completed all of this. You say, hey, look, no, I've actually, I've done this part already and I did it well and I can go back and review it later and then you just keep building on it and it's just a matter of not looking at the entire beast all at once knowing it's there but just looking at little parts bit by bit and then making them manageable to yourself so that I think my my organization really really helped me but I also had a lot of people in the background that were like hey just do what you can yeah, and I, I had a colleague who was uh, who was very good, and she was very good at reality checks. You know, she'd be like, "Come on, Crystal, like just quit that whinging," you know. <laughs> and she'd be like, "You just got to do X, Y, and Z. Focus on that, and then move on." You know, and it was good to have people like that in my life. So you you chunked it down into yep. bite sized pieces. Yes. And you focused on them, so one bit at a time, one step at a time. When you had accomplished that, you stopped, acknowledged that you had got there, patted yourself on the back, celebrated the Briefly, but (laughs) I still did it going, I still did it. Yeah. Yeah. But you, and that, I think that self acknowledgement, what you said is really, really important because. Like you also said, it's easy to just, okay, I've got there, move on to the next one without really acknowledging how far you have come. Exactly. If you look back and, yeah, it's actually, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, I've achieved this. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's really interesting with my eldest son, he's six at the moment, and I actually see a lot of my traits in him. So he already has the traits of becoming a type A perfectionist. And, uh, you know, which is really interesting because I was like, well, you know, I don't know how much of that is learned because he sees me studying and things like that. But I've never really pushed him to be that way inclined. In my cultural upbringing was very like a very traditional, you know, tiger, Asian tiger parent um, sort of bringing upbringing, you know, if that's, PC to say, but you know, you know what I mean? Like it was, you know, you were expected to achieve, but you know, I've tried not to be that way inclined with my son, but he already has that already innate motivation to, to be perfect and, you know, achieve things. And, you know, I have to say to him, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily about the, you know, completing it all. It's about the journey and learning to be able to cope with 
mistakes and challenges and knowing that everything, everything can't be perfect, you know, and, and now <laughs> as a, you know, 14 years on in my career, I can say this, these things, you know, when I was like 10 years ago, even five years ago, I, you know, I would not have been able to recognize that. Is your husband type A? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> not at all. He's a complete opposite. He, he's he's literally, you know, I plan, I try and plan five years into the future. He takes it day by day. He's like, he's always been my rock to my stormy seas, as we call it. And uh, yeah, he's been absolutely good to ground me. So whenever I, I kind of go off onto crazy tangent mode, <laughs> he's usually there to say, hey, look, you know, don't get so worked up about these things, you know, but we'll, we'll get there. It's just calm the mind down a little bit. <laughs> I have, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I have blunted or dulled my perfectionism because... It was definitely getting in the way of lots of things. Now I aim for excellence, which yes. I believe is is almost as good as perfection. But yes, but definitely, I would rather something was imperfectly finished than mm. perfectly unfinished. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as, like, with my team, I'm thinking specifically now. And my husband, to a degree, my husband is a perfectionist and it's just get it done <laughs> because while it's unfinished, it's very imperfect and it's not even going to work. So just get it done. Aim for your best and get it done. Anything else you would like anybody to know before I wrap up with some questions about Crystal? Yeah, I think I think over the years as I've interacted with a lot of people, I you know, and it's interesting because I was very fortunate to have a good coach as you know, uh when I was going in the just starting out in management and companion animal practice, you know, I feel like I used to be hard on people because I was also hard on myself, you know. And the reality is as as time has gone on, I've gotten older and wiser, hopefully. <laughs> And I just, I try not to take things quite so seriously these days. You know, everyone's fighting their own battles. Uh, and I think that's one of the things is I've had some some events in my life where, you know, I've had to really understand the meaning of forgiving myself and also forgiving others. And, you know, I think it's it's so important that, you know, we're just, we're just a little bit kind to each other and to ourselves because life is short. And at the end of the day, we're in it to help animals. You know what I mean? It's, and I think it's just one of those things is it's very easy to be caught up in little things and, you know, get upset about little things and challenges. And yeah, I still do it too. But at the end of the day, we ha we can't lose sight of what we're in it for, which is to make, make animals' lives better and also improve the lives of our clients and all the people that we meet. So, you know, it's just one of those those things. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on other people too much. I think we we all do that <laughs> to to an extent. Yeah, I, I think that the majority of people act with the absolute best intentions. Exactly. And if we can, I know for myself when I get annoyed or frustrated or angry or resentful, whatever it is, anything negative. It's I do my best to step back and remind myself, sometimes it falls on deaf ears, but yes. that they are just doing the best they can do, the best exactly. they know how, 
with the absolute best heart. So back off, Julie, yes. and be gentle with them and with you, with myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I look back and I think, gosh, you know, there's all these moments I am not proud of. But, you know, there are also lots of moments where I was really proud of of everything that I did and achieved. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, nobody, it's like that old adage, you know, nobody wakes up wanting to do a crap job at work. You know, we all come to work with the best intentions, like you say. And, you know, it's just life. It's yeah. just life. When you're not being a dentist. <laughs> yep. What are you doing? How do you unwind? How do you play? What other joys are there in your life? Yeah, well, you know, having kids in your life keep you busy. But it's also, I think the, the children have taught me to uh, also appreciate just every, the everyday things, you know. And I love watching my kids grow and the wonder they find in very minute things that as adults, I think we just forget. And then also like the creativity, I love playing with them. And, you know, I, I have to tell myself, you know, when they ask me, hey, mommy, do you want to play? That's where I find my joy because I can sit down and get, get into their world for a bit. And it's not so complicated and it's just beautiful. So I love, love spending time with my kids. I love spending time with my dogs. And, you know, I also love to bake and cook. You know, I find that very cathartic and I've gotten really into that. And recently, I've started learning to play the violin. So oh, that's wow. my, I've another thing I've wanted to learn since I was a child. So I've found an amazing teacher. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's a new journey that I've started on is learning how to play the violin. And I find, I find music is a gift that we can give ourselves for sure. That and, really, that really makes me happy. And that would require mindfulness because you have to, in yes. order to be able to play that, you I can't, I'm tone deaf, I can't <laughs> read music, but you would need to focus 100% on what you are doing, especially while absolutely. you're learning, right? Because it's not an automatic response yet. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've always been a piano player, okay. but picking up a string instrument is a completely different scenario. And there's, there's, there's a lot of technique and considerations in just producing a lovely sound and not one that's awful for everyone to hear. But it's, it's also, you know, when, as I'm learning it, you think, gosh, you know, these instruments were made, handmade hundreds of years ago. And these incredible songs, like orchestras and pieces were made, were composed, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago. And it just shows how incredible humans have been this entire, you know, this entire time. And it, it just, it's, it's, a, it's really interesting. It, I really, ha it's good. It, it stimulates another part of my brain, but I have that same sort of wonder for it as I do for my academic achievements as well. So it's nice. It's a good balance. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's a good way to, to finish. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you and oh, and getting to know you a little bit more other than just lots of emails and seeing you <laughs> yes. on social media. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, Julie. Oh, my, my pleasure. really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. 
Thank you for spending the last half an hour or so with Dr. Lo and me. I hope that her stories inspired you to maintain or recreate a sense of wonder and grit in your own life and work, no matter what mountains or muddy valleys you find yourself looking at. To find out more about Dr. Crystal Lowe, please visit nzvetdentistry.com. I'll put the link to that in the notes of this episode, which should show up on whichever platform you're listening to me to right now. To make sure you're not wasting your recruitment marketing budget, please get in touch with us at vetstaff.co.nz and we'll show you how you can get more bang for your buck. Are we connected, you and me? If not, I'd like to invite you to connect with me at any of the social media platforms. Most days I write a short personal made me smile on the inside post on Instagram. And on LinkedIn, I post something not every day, but most days, well, some days, that's a bit more team leadership and employer brand oriented. So a bit more business-like. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit that follow button. It's free. And give it a five-star review wherever you're listening to it right now. Why? Because it makes a huge difference to helping the search algorithms serve it up for others to listen to. So thank you heaps. This is Julie South signing off and inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you you can be. Kia kaha, kakiti ano, God bless. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz